Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Merry Christmas! Tell the person next to you, Merry Christmas! I'm so glad you guys are here today. And what I'd like to ask you to do, if you give a shout out to all those that are watching online today, give them some love. So glad you're here, Freedom Church. If it's your first time, the building didn't fall in, and I'm so, I know you're glad of that. <laughs> but we're so glad that you are here, and I want to just say to those of you that do watch online, if you're within driving distance, this beautiful crowd of people here would love to meet you. Y'all give them some love and say, we'd love to meet you if you're within driving distance. Yes. So, we're thankful that you're here today, and as we kick off our season of Christmas, we're going to be starting a new series called God With Us. Look at the person next to you and say, God With Us. See, God became flesh, and He came and He dwelt among men, but when it comes to Christmas, we all know that a lot of times... People face really tough times. They face times that things are dark and lonely, and sometimes people feel hopeless, and and I know it can be a time of depression, but today, I want to encourage you because starting today with this series, God With Us, I'm going to talk about what it's like that when we're in the valley, God is going to be with us. Coming weeks, I'm going to talk about the times that we're in the storms and the times that we're in the wilderness and, and how that God really loves us beyond what we can ever imagine, just like we were singing about. But so over the next several weeks, I hope you'll plan to be here. I hope you invite your family and your friends. And this year in particular, Christmas falls on Sunday. So this year, what we're going to do, because that happens about every seven years, with that being said, we always do a Christmas Eve service. So here's what I want you to know. Those two services, we're going to do two services that weekend. We're going to do a Christmas Eve service on Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. We're going to do one service on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. Both services are identical. That way, you can go ahead and be making plans of how you're going to do your dinners and your get-togethers and all that. And you can come to either one and you just tell your, your family that comes in, you can't eat till we go to church. You're not eating, you know, you're not getting the ham, you're not getting the turkey, you're not getting the dressing, you're not getting the pie. So anyway, so I hope and pray you'll make plans to be here that Christmas weekend. We're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord. So be making plans in that, put that in your iCal or whatever that you need to do. So today is, I, I want to start off with this question. How many of you are like me? You, all of a sudden you go through something and then you wonder where, where is God? Would you be vulnerable with me and raise your hand? I, I think that's all of us at times. You know, in spite of what you're facing, uh, today I want to encourage you that God is with us, even when we feel like he's the furthest away from us. And today, the reason I know that is because we're going to go to the Bible. And, and I don't know if you've ever read this verse or you thought much about this verse, but I want it to be a verse on your heart from this point forward because we're all going to face valleys. So today, when you're in a valley, I want you to just think about this, because everybody's either in a mountain or on the mountain or in the valley right now. Let's look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 1, verse 23, and I'd like to ask you to read it audibly with me out loud. Here we go. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Look at the person next to you and say, God is with us. See, as a believer... In Christ, and if you follow Jesus, it's really easy for you and I to be able to 
know God is with us when we're on the mountaintop, when everything is going really good and, and life is going really good for us in those times. The times that, you know, hey, man, I, I just got a raise. That's amazing, you know. And, uh, oh, or I got that bonus. We didn't see that one coming, but I got a bonus. I mean, there's got to be a God. I got a bonus, right? Or maybe some of you that are brand new parents, you know there's a God because your kid just slept through the night for the first time. You're thinking, thank you, God. Or you end up going to the mall and you go down to the mall, you go down to Opry Mills and you get a parking spot right up front and you get it and you're thinking, I know there's a God, I'm anointed of God, I got a parking spot up front, right? But there's those times that you're not in, the, you're not on the mountain. A difficult valley comes. Maybe you're alone this Christmas and you weren't last. Maybe you're scared and you're depressed because of something that's happened personally in your life. Or maybe you got some bad news you didn't see coming and next thing you know, you're in the valley. Despite what you're facing, God is with us. And today with God being with us in the valley, sometimes it doesn't feel like that God is there when we get knocked in the valley. In our church, you know, we came through COVID and it was just a really, really tough time. And, you know, and then we got through that and we're getting on the other side of it. And a lot of the things that many of you seen people that actually passed away and a tough valley that we all went through. And then when we got on the other side of it, you know, things were going good. Our church was building back and people were getting to where they would come back to church. And and uh, because of the fear that we all had, we didn't know what was going to happen. And, and I remember we were, you know, Shannon and I, we were, on, we were on that mountain and getting back on top of it. And we were going through the church this spring. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, March 27th. And we were going through the church and we were going around. And we always want to thank you volunteers that volunteer because we could not have church without you. How about we just take a moment and give a hand clap of praise to all of you that volunteer because you guys are amazing. Thank you. We can't do church without you. But I can take you within a foot where I was on a mountain over at the nursery area when we were thanking the different ones that lead over there and we were thanking them for serving the way that they do. And I got a phone call and it was my aunt. And I could tell by the voice inflections when she said the first word to me what she was gonna tell me. That she found my mother dead in the bathroom. I went from being on a high on the mountain to being knocked low in the valley in a matter of a split second. And you know what? That's where some of you are right now. You're, you're in a valley right now and you just feel like, God, where are you? You know, and, and, and no doubt with you being in that valley, it doesn't mean that all life is crumbling apart. It just, maybe your marriage is good right now, but there's something going on with your kid and maybe your, your, your kids are struggling at school. Maybe you've got a child who's struggling with being bullied at school or, or maybe they're having a tough time just making the grades and fitting in. Or maybe it's a situation where the, you feel like you're close to God and you're doing all the right things. You're dotting all the righteous, righteous I's and, and you're crossing all the, all the holy T's and you're trying to do your best. But you know it's your job that there's people getting laid off and it's a tough time in the economy. You're wondering, am I going to get laid off right here at Christmas? Or maybe it's a situation to where that in your life right now you feel blessed 
And life's good, you're on the mountain, but maybe you just went to the doctor and you get this health report for yourself or maybe somebody you love and you just wonder, are they going to fare through this? See, valleys are places where battles happen. And seasons of loneliness hit us. There's times that we experience desperation. And we are going to have that moment where we're going to wonder, where are you, God, in this situation? But here's what I want you to understand. It is in the valleys where we grow. It is in the valleys where our faith is built and we become stronger. And we experience God in a different way in the valley than we ever will on the mountain. See, we enjoy God on the mountain, but we really get to know God in the valley. We get to know God through that experience, through that intimacy, that he is there with us. So today, what does that look like? And what, how are we going to get through this when we're all going to face those valleys? We're going to peer into Psalm 84 here. So read along with me as I begin to read, starting at verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. See, the valley of Baca was considered like a desert. It's considered a desert place, a desert country where there's thorns and there's wild animals and there's vipers and there's danger in it. And it's nearly impossible to get through the valley of Baca without facing troubles, without facing hardships. The valley of Baca also represents the valley of tears or the valley of weeping for any difficult or painful place that you and I find ourselves in life. A place where that everything seems hopeless and sometimes you feel totally hopeless. Looking back at verse 5 in Psalm 84, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. It's talking about God. Our strength is in God. Maybe you're here today in this crowd in this auditorium or maybe you're watching online and you don't know God personally. I'm First off, I want to say thank you and I'm humbled and honored that you would be here in your search of who you are and whose you are. Maybe you're online and you're watching and you stumbled across this feed and you wanted to watch it, but here's what I'll tell you. When you don't know God, what you have when it comes to strength is all that you've got. And when that strength is gone, you're exhausted. You can't take it anymore. And you think you're not going to make it. Now, this verse here doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own or blessed are those who are independent or blessed are those I don't need God and I don't need people. No, no, no. Listen to me. You were created not to be independent of God. You were created not to be interdependent with God. You were created to depend fully on God. That's what we're created for. Let me ask this question. How many of you here like to work out? Raise your hand across the auditorium. How many of the rest of you says I need to work out across the auditorium? There you go. That's the big crowd. So when you think about working out now, as I've gotten older, my doctor told me basically here while back, you've got one muscle you need to worry about, Terrell, and that's your heart. <laughs> I said, okay, I get it, doc. But I still, I used to work out a lot when it comes to free weights and things like that. I still try to do things to tone up and, and try to do the best I can to take care of my health. 
Uh, but I remember years ago, a friend of mine and I, his name was Ryan, and we would, we would pump the free weights together. You know, you'd have the 45-pound bar, you stick a plate on each end, that's a 45-pound weight on each end, it's 135. So we would start out, man, and we would burn up on that on, and, and just keep pumping and everything, and we'd go all the way up, and we'd get up to about 330, and then we'd like do it one or two times at 330, and I'd be doing close to, you know, twice my body weight or something like that. Then we'd burn all the way back down, taking the weights off, and you get back down to just a 45-pound bar. Then you just try to burn out on it. And so we would get behind each other. And I remember distinctively what we would do. I would get behind him and help him. And he would get behind me and help me with the bar. And I remember he would say, be lifting up the bar and say, go T, you got it T, it's all you, it's all you. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's all you. You're the ones lifting the bar. And everybody's looking at me with just the bar and thinking, this dude's weak. But when you think about that. My strength was gone when we would burn ourselves out doing that. And the great news is when you follow Jesus Christ, when your strength is gone, where your strength ends, that's where God begins. That's God. When you're weak, God's strength is made perfect in your life. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, the Lord. For those of you that are in the valley right now, here's what I want to encourage you about. You have total access for the present power of a good God who loves you and he's there for you. He's not going to walk out on you when everybody else is walking out. God is walking in and no matter what your time of need is. I love what the NLT, which I normally is my baseline of, of what I preach from, but I want to read this same verse, verse five in the NLT. Listen to what it says. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Now, what does it mean on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem? See, a journey to Jerusalem is when you would be going to the place of peace. That we may be in the valley, but we are on our way to a city of refuge. Now, how many of you are like me? You hate pain. Raise your hand. Hate pain. I hate pain. You know what? I'm jealous of women. I'll just tell you right now. I'm jealous of women because, man, you guys can take pain like nobody's business. You guys have got it down. What normally that you would have pain would actually cripple me. I see that, you know. So anyway, but this past week, when it comes to pain, we had a, a later meeting with a couple of, of people here and we were talking about prayer and what we were doing, the prayer situation and, and it was later and, and the rest of the staff was gone from the church and, and we were going out the door. So the office door is a very heavy door, the one inside the office there in the little nook. So when it went to shut, it automatically, it automatically will lock and it's locked on its side so you can't get in. I thought I had left my keys on the other, on, inside my office. So I reached and I got to the door real quick and when I did to grab the door, I kicked the door about as hard as you could kick it. How many of you have ever had sudden pain that you wanted to pee on yourself? Can I get a witness? I'm serious. Man, it hit me so hard. My daughter was there. It was India there. She felt sorry. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I hit the tip of my toe. It was so bad. She had to help me to the truck. I couldn't walk. I pulled my shoe and my sock off. And you know what I did? All the way home to get home. I'm 20 minutes to my house here. I drove with my left foot. I thought, I'm going to kill somebody trying to drive with my left foot. But anyway, that was an hour solid of pain probably up to an hour and a half to it finally subsided. Sometimes 
like I did, I had to push through the pain to get to the, the, the comfort. Sometimes whether you're facing something physically or you're facing something relationally or you're facing something financially or emotionally or even professionally, sometimes you gotta push through the pain to get to the peace and the comfort, to get to the presence and the power and the goodness of God. Sometimes the pathway of peace will be through the valley of tears. That's what happens. Look at Psalm 84 and verse five again. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Now, what does it mean set their minds? Now, maybe you're here today and you haven't really set your mind. Just, just look at a person next to you and say, my mind is set. Do that. My mind is set. But is it? And is it set, listen to me closely, on the right things? Is it set on God to get you through what you're going through? See, blessed are those who have their minds set on God. I love what Paul told the church at Colossae in chapter 3 and verse 2. Look what it says. It says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. See, what you think about in your life matters. We need to have our minds set upon God. And when, when you think about someone or you think about something or you think about a situation or you think about a dire straits of a circumstance, what you're doing at that moment, you're taking your mind off of God. And when you take your mind off of God, your current circumstances are going to blow your ever-loving mind. My current circumstances may be in the valley, but I've got to fix my mind upon a great God who loves me who's there for me that's what I do that's what you're to do Paul also told the church at Philippi one of my favorite verses chapter 4 verse 8 he said and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that really suck Think about things that are bad. Think about the person that just took advantage of you. Think about the situation where you lost your job. Think about the person that you're going to see that's coming over for Christmas, going to talk bad about you in the kitchen while you're in the living room. Is that what that says to think about? No. That ain't what it says to think about. Look what it says for us as believers in Christ. It says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. My heart might be hurting but I keep my thoughts fixed on God. My soul might be crying out in agony, but I keep my thoughts fixed on God. My emotions may be racing for things that's going on in my life, but I keep my mind fixed on God. You think, well, there's too much to do or my marriage is holding on my threads. I feel alone. I'm the outlaw when the in-laws come. I don't think I can pay for Christmas. No, no, no. You can't think about those things or it will dominate you. You have to keep your mind fixed on the God of the heaven and creation. Because when you're looking around at the circumstances of the valley, no matter what you're facing, you're going to begin to do what? You're going to think. You say, what do you mean by that? When you begin thinking and what you begin thinking about, you will begin to believe. And then you're not going to think, I'm not going to make it. Does that make sense to you? It matters what we think about. It matters about what we're processing in our mind. 
or even a tragedy that might come to you in your heart, in your mind. Tragedies are going to come. You may get that phone call. You've got to set your heart and your mind and fix it upon God. God, you are with me. You're never going to leave me or forsake me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God is going to go before me, preparing the way for me. I need you, God. I can't get through life without you, God. Your presence and your power, and I'm going to bank on your promises. That's why we need God, because life is going to give you valleys. You with me, church? What you think about matters. We may be in a valley, but here's something I want you to grab hold of. The valley is not the destination. It's not the destination. You say, what do you mean it's not the destination? We're just passing through it. People who love God and have a relationship with God and know God and fix their minds on God know that and know to and expect to pass through the valley, not stay there. Psalm 23, what does it say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And some of you just think, man, I just want out. Many times I just want out. No, the way is not out. The way is through. You follow me on that? Because that's all of us. See, when you look at when it says Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that is Zion, that is the house of God. It is the city of refuge. It is the place of peace. To be able to get to the city of refuge, you had to travel through the valley of weeping. This reference to weeping is that in times that we're struggling and the times that the tears are flowing, God's people must pass through that on their way to meet God on the mountain. See, we're growing strong in the presence of Almighty God. And that means I'm going to go through some of the most barren, dreadful places on my way through those painful places in our lives. And when you are spending time with God Almighty, listen to me closely, you are praying to Him, you are seeking Him, you are looking to Him for your strength and banking on those promises. Listen, you see any adversity that you're going to go through as an opportunity with God to be able to experience God's faithfulness. It's his faithfulness, he's there for us. For many people, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace despite the pain you're going through. Look at verse six again as we read in our beginning together in Psalm 84. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Now, if you read the original King James Version, when it says here in the NIV, it says, they make it a place of springs. The KJV says, make it a well. So when it says make it a well, and what's the psalmist saying here is that when you are in a dry place, what do you do when you're in a dry place? You dig a well, you dig a small hole, you put a container there, you catch the rain. And what that is, you're going to do something on your part because God's always going to do his. God is saying, you show me your faithfulness. And God says, I'll show you my faithfulness. That's what's taking place. It reminds me of the man that had a deformed hand here in the New Testament. And he was going to, Jesus was going to proceed to heal the man and the Pharisees were getting upset because he was going to do it on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And when he stretched out his hand in faith, Jesus healed him in his faithfulness. There was a man that wanted to get in the pool that would get stirred up in Siloam and he couldn't get in and he had been on a mat for 38 years. And Jesus told him to stand up and walk. That's what we do. God, when we show God our faith, God will show us our, his faithfulness. You see, buried in this passage, a pain is a promise. 
If you dig it, God's going to fill it. You see what I'm saying? You draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you seek me, you're going to find me. If you make room for me, I'm going to reveal myself to you. That's what God does. But God rarely reveals himself to you and I when we're running in life wide open. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I think the reason that a lot of people don't hear from God and they don't get, they're not able to have the presence of God, they're not able to have the power of God, they're not able to focus on the promises of God is because they are literally, this is what, this is what you're doing right here, this is what you do. This is life. This is where you're at right here. This is where you're living. You are burning a candle in this life wide open. You don't slow down enough. And he says, be still and know that I am God. And when you're not being still and you're burning the candle at both ends, you end up not hearing from God. Therefore, you don't know the presence of God. You don't know the power of God. You can't claim the promises of God because you're running on your own. You're running at breakneck speed. You cannot do it on your own. You'll never survive on your own. And you know what blows my ever-loving mind is that people today that tell me they're Christians, God gives us 168 hours a week. They can't even give him an hour in worship. They don't give him five minutes of prayer before they hit a world that's not on their side. They don't read their Bible to know that when you get the Bible in you, you can get the sin out of you. That's what you got to do. See, the sin will keep you from the Bible, but the Bible can keep you from a sinful life. And then when you have that intimacy with God, it don't matter what phone call you get. It doesn't matter what you're facing in life. God's with you in the valley, just like God is with us on the mountaintop. My question is today, are you burning the candle at both ends and you're wondering, where is God? Because if you keep burning it eventually, it's going to burn you. Be still and know that I am God is what the Lord is teaching us. You prepare for the presence of Almighty God. And when you prepare for the presence of Almighty God, you'll get the provision of God. Did you hear that? When you're preparing for the presence of God, you'll get the provision of God. God is going to be with me in the valley. He's going to be with you in the valley. God never says you won't go through valleys. But what God does say, you're not going to go through a valley alone. What? A promise. It may be dark. It may be stormy. It might be a lot of trouble going on in the valley. And you might feel weak and helpless and sometimes hopeless. But listen, he is your light in times of darkness. He is your peace when storms are hitting you. He is your joy when the trouble seems out of control. And he's your strength when you're weak and done. That's God. You know, uh, I'll never forget the last service that we had here when COVID hit. 
I had people messaging me across the country and say, what are you going to do? Pastor friends across the country, people saying, man, you're going to need to shut down. This ain't good. We didn't know what we were facing. We had no idea. But we wanted to do the right thing for our flock, for our, for our church family. If my memory serves me correctly, March 7th, 2020 was the last service we held in here. The next three months we went online. Thank God that we were prepared to do that. But something I've never told you. That's when I went from the mountain to the valley. And it was tough. Even though I wanted to be a strength as your pastor, I wanted to be a strength as your shepherd, and I wanted to encourage you, and I did the best that I knew how to do. But I remember one particular time we were shooting a, a message here to play on the weekend, and when I got done preaching it right here, I broke down in a valley of weeping. I was so distraught. But God was with me. His presence and power, he never left me. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So we pushed through and we started back up and we ended up getting through that and slowly but surely everyone started coming back over a period of time and, and as we've been coming back and there's still people that haven't come back and why, I don't know. God is with us, but I got back up on my mountain and then next thing you know, here in the spring I get a phone call and I'm on top of the mountain and things are going great and I'm knocked back down in the valley. And what I figured out, and I hope you'll understand, that life is mountains and it's valleys. And what does that mean? Look, look what it says here in this, in this verse here. It says, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Strength to strength. You get the strength on the mountain. When you're exhausted in the valley, God gives you strength when you're ended. So you go from strength to strength to strength, from mountain to valley to mountain to valley, from strength to strength to strength, and that's what God does for us. You've got to trust God in the valley. You've got to thank Him in advance for those mountain moments that you've got. You've got to praise Him through the pain. You've got to praise Him in advance that He's going to answer your prayers when you get there, and you've just, just be, you're just passing through the valley. You're not going to be there forever. Our God will lead you out, but because he's a good God and he's with you and he is present and he's going to take you from strength to strength when you need it. When you can't handle anymore, you lean on him. Let his strength be everything that you need in your life. You enjoy him on the mountain. You get to know him in the valley. So you seek his strength. And sometimes you got to dig a well. You got to fix your mind on God. But he's going to be there for you. He's going to get you through because he's everywhere. Look what David said in Psalm 139. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. We can't. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, you are, you're there. If I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our good God. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we praise you today and we honor you today. 
And I'm praying, God, today that you're going to help every person on the sound of my voice who is in a valley that needs you right now, God. Touch them and let them know that you're ever-present and you're with them. Maybe everyone in their life, God, has walked out, but God, you're there and you're with them. Show yourself faithful to them and may they show their self faithful to you that knowing, God, that you're going to be victorious in their life. As we continue to pray, how many of you right now would say that life's been been pretty good, but in some areas of my life, but man, I've been in a valley in this part of my life, and man, it has just been really, really tough. I need God today. Would you just lift your hand as we continue to pray? God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Would you pray as I pray with you and pray for you? Father, right now, God, I thank you for each one, Heavenly Father. God is going through a tough valley. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name that you're going to help them and showing yourself faithful to them. God, may they first show, God, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be in action. I'm going to seek you. And I know, God, you can reveal yourself to us. I pray, God, you're going to help them if they need to dig a well to prepare for your presence, your power, your provision, and to lean on your promises. God, I pray, God, for those here, God, that are hurting and that are broken and are going through pain, God. And I pray, God, that you're going to give them a miracle, Lord, that they've been praying for. Because you're a promise keeper and a miracle worker. Maybe you're here and maybe you just need to tell God, God, I'm sorry. I've been doing things my way. I've been living according to my own plan, God, but today I'm going to trust you wholeheartedly. Just tell him that. Say, God, I'm going to trust you. I need your strength. Maybe you're here in this auditorium or you're watching online right now and you're checking out the claims of the faith of being a Christian. You're checking out this. Maybe someone's told you. Maybe someone drug you here today or someone you stumbled across a feed and you're watching it. But yet down in your soul, you know you've never asked God's son, his, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord of your life. When your strength ends, that's when God begins, when you're his child. So that's probably what you need today. So if you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life as we continue to pray, would you just lift your hand right now and say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just lift your hand real high and back down. God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and say, I do need to make Jesus the Lord of my life for the first time. Just lift your hand real high and back down. Would you just pray to him, those of you that need him in your life, and just say, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you into my heart. It's your prayer that's going to make this prayer of salvation. Let him know that you believe in him. You confess your sins to him. Ask him, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be born again. I asked you to forgive me. Make me new. Salvage me, God. Transform me, God. Save me. I give my life to you. You know what happens whenever a person's born again and they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? The angels rejoice in heaven as your name is written in his book in heaven. So thank him if that's you today. Thank him for saving your soul as he puts your name in his book and you caused a party in heaven. Father, thank you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you, God, for the mountains. But God, may we thank you for the valleys as well because that's where we grow, closer and more intimate with you for the strength we need 
Thank you, Father. Bless each one here, God. May you favor them. And God, be with them, God. Because you promised you'd never leave us or forsake us. So we lift our voices in praise and adoration to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give our great God in heaven praise. Well, man, I'm excited about this Christmas season, and I'm so glad you're here today. And we're going to go into a time of giving. Please don't take off. I have some great things I want to share with you of up, that's upcoming. And, and so if you would, uh, right now, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to be able to give back to God, we're blessed to be able to do that. I'm so thankful for all of you that give back to God here from the financial resources that God has blessed you with. And I just can't imagine a greater thing for me and my wife. We say we get to do this. And it's not a low point in service for me. I'm a true giver because God wants us to know that he wants to bless our lives and he wants to us to our lives to be a blessing so thank you in advance for doing that today if you're brand new here don't feel obligated at all at this time this is for the people that's in the family and uh, so we're going to go into time of giving there's several ways electronically on the screen that you can do that all the way to the point of going out there's there's a kiosk out in the lobby and also you can give tangibly with the ushers as you leave but thank you in advance for your faithful giving that we can continue reaching people to know God that's why why we exist as a church, to reach people to know God, locally, globally, and everywhere in between. And also, if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to be going to the next steps area across from the coffee house, the Freedom Coffee House. If you gave your life to Christ, I want to give you a Bible. I want you to come over and let me know you said that prayer. I want to give you a Bible, and I want to commemorate this beautiful day that you gave your life to Christ. If you need prayer of any kind, anyone here, our prayer team is over there. Also, today, we have a prayer tree that's over here in the middle in front of the coffee house. If you would like to write a prayer. There's an angel over there at Next Steps. Write a prayer on an angel, put it on the tree. Our prayer team is covering that in prayer for a month. Love to do that, man. Don't, don't be praying alone. We want to pray with you. You don't have to put your name on it. Just put the prayer on there. It's going to be prayed over, okay? If you need someone to lay hands on you to pray with you today and talk to, we're here. If I've never met you, we're here. If, if you need to talk, come and see us over there, all right? Now, if you're here and you're brand new and it's your first time, I, I'm stoked that you came today. And I appreciate that very, very much. If you would, take a connection card and fill it out as much as you feel comfortable doing and take it out to the info desk out these doors here. And they're going to give you a gift to, to say thank you for coming today. And give us a three-peat. That just simply means give us three Sundays to check it out. It's hard to gauge it in one day. But give us a three-peat. And we hope and pray that this will be your church family. We'd love to see you be a part so we can reach the world for Jesus. All right? So if you ain't got time to go out and get a gift, that's fine. Just drop a card you fill out in the buckets as you leave. But other than that, right now, uh, I'm going to pray over the offering, and then I'll tell you just two things, and then we'll go. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Thank you for the privilege we have to give back to you today. We honor you even through our giving, God. We worship you through our giving. So use it for your glory and multiply it that we can reach people to know you. And we pray this today and are obedient to it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Over the coming weeks, you don't want to miss next week, Freedom Kids. They're going to be having gingerbread day for them as we continue our series with God with us. I'm going to be talking about the wilderness, going to be talking about the storm. Uh, the week after two weeks from today, we're going to have our live petting zoo here. Man, I love that part of it. I love petting camels. You know, and I think about the animals that's around Jesus when he was born and all the way up to Christmas weekend. So right now, if you would, don't leave without getting crumble cookies. I didn't even know what crumble cookies was. 
Seriously. And the younger staff, the millennials part of the staff, you don't know, you don't know what that is, Pastor? And they told me, and I thought, man, they don't even know how to spell. They took the E off the end. I don't, it's weird. But anyway, they told me they're to die for. I haven't eaten one yet. But get you a crumble cookie. Go to the hot cocoa bar. Enjoy that. Next week, when you come back, bring somebody with you and don't come alone. Those of you who want to see us, we'll be at Next Steps. God bless you. I love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you.